Hi there, you're listening to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City podcast. I'm Pastor John Witham. This sermon, Slow, is from 10 November 2019. The scripture is Matthew 13, 33 through 35. Thank you for listening and may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 13. And in Matthew 13, Jesus is telling parables. He's not talking about two bulls. He is telling stories called parables. Para, parables, para, para. Never mind, I'll, is this the way out? I'll just, uh, <laughs> so Matthew, now that that's over, whew, uh, all right. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 through 33, hear the word of the Lord. Here is another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds make nest, come and make nests in its branches. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour... It permeated every part of the dough. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The picture that you see behind me. Three years ago, my friend Matt and I, in honor of Matt's birthday, he had a vacation day that he needed to take from work before it expired at the end of the year. And I had a day that I could take off. And I said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And so we kind of went back and forth on a couple of ideas. And he said, well, why don't we go for a hike? I'm always in for a hike. And and so we kind of looked at a few options. and, And we're blessed here in the Pacific Northwest with abundant and diverse hiking options. In the Midwest, it's, it's a lot more flat. <laughs> There's not so much variance in elevation or trees or lots of interesting things to look at. And from, from where we lived in Illinois, you, you had to go a little ways to find something interesting uh, to look at. So we went a couple hours north to Wisconsin to the Kettle Moraine State Forest. The Kettle Moraine State Forest, I found out that day because my friend Matt likes to pick up all of the the pamphlets and literature that he possibly can. Um, I found out that day that the, the forest was a fascinating 
piece of geology. Because it was where 20,000 years ago, two glaciers bumped into each other and they kind of came to a stop and all of this beautiful, lush scenery, all of these little, little lakes, big lakes, hills, valleys, flat places, all of it was created by glaciers bumping into each other and thawing and moving on. And it was just a beautiful piece of God's creation that we were able to spend the day walking through. And we're walking, as we're walking, we're thinking about, we both kept talking about how old this place was and how, how ancient it all felt. But it didn't happen overnight. It took years and years and years of time. As we live in our current age, we're not used to waiting for a lot of things, are we? <clears throat> we get uncomfortable if the line is too long in the drive-in at McDonald's. I have... True confession, I have driven past a McDonald's because the drive through line looked too long. Am I hungry? Yes, but I'm not sitting in that line. You can order Starbucks on your phone and they will have it ready for you so you just run in, grab it off the counter, and run back out. You... You can go to some restaurants and they have these things sitting on your table so you don't even have to wait for the waitress to come and take your order. You punch your order to the, in, you sit down, you punch your order into the thing, they bring the food out to you, you eat the food, you punch your payment into the thing and off you go. And it is a minimal amount of human interaction and it's super fast. But those aren't the only ways we rush, are they? If you've had kids, you know that the, the pressure to put your kids in, in all sorts of activities and, and events and, and things like that is overwhelming. It's just assumed that your kids are going to do things, and they're going to do lots of things. They're going to, they're going to play a sport. They're going to play a musical instrument. They're going to be a part of some sort of a club. They're going to get tutoring for the SAT. They're going to study for all of their homework. They're going to do this. And I have heard parents describe themselves as saying, I don't feel like I'm a parent as much as I'm a limousine service. This is the world that we live in. We live in worlds in a world that wants instant hits. You know, we, the, the song rocketed to the top of the charts, and they still do have charts, in case you were wondering. It's not just a kind of Dick Clark American Bandstand type of thing. They still do have charts, and they, people pay attention to these charts. And, and things go viral, which means that somebody put it out, and then all of a sudden it's everywhere. Um, and if you work in an elementary school, you suddenly find the things that are very, very viral. I used to work part-time at an elementary school, 
and there was a thing called the whip and nene, and that happened. It was a dance move, you can find it on YouTube. Then there was Baby Shark. Baby Shark gets stuck in your head and it takes a dose of mental bleach to get it out. <laughs> but one day, you show up to school and it's a normal day at school. The next day, every kid is singing Baby Shark and it just happens overnight. We're used to these things just being sudden and bursting onto the scene, and people make apps, and apps become popular, and then people start investing money in these apps, and they, you hear things on the news uh, like, you know, the so-and-so website or app made how many millions of dollars in the first quarter of its release. People want instant success. That's the world that we live in. Yet. When we look at scripture, when we look at the life that God has prescribed for us, it doesn't look like that. We're tempted to fall into this life because it's very, very easy to just go with the flow. You know, what the heck is wrong with your kid that they're not playing two sports, and playing three instruments at the same time. Why isn't you get a one-man band yet? Put them on the street corner, make some extra money. We just get used to the fast pace of modern life, and we have difficulties seeing things over the long term. We've got a limited lifespan. At most, Maybe you get to understand, from, from your own point of view in life, maybe you get to understand, maybe you get to live 70, 80, 90, 100 years, 90, 100 years if you're really fortunate. But you know, you have parents and grandparents, and, and you get to meet them and learn their stories, and so you learn, you have some, a sense of personal history. And so you tack that on to your, your years, and maybe all together, we get to really understand about 150 years of human history, right? Thereabouts. But when we, have a, when we worship a God and serve a God who deals in millennia, 150 years is whoop, a drop in the bucket. There's so much going on in the world around us, too, that it's hard to keep up. The, you turn on the news, and everything's breaking news. I, I think they just stopped taking that breaking news tag off the screen. They, they broke the button that turns it off. We have this constant sense of rushing that there's always something new flooding into our lives. And it's hard to escape. Christian pastor Dallas, or John Ortberg once called up um, Christian author and thinker Dallas Willard. Um, and both men are, are, are fantastic people to read, John Ortberg and Dallas Willard. And John Ortberg was working for a, a huge church, a huge church. And he was talking about his life and he was describing all of the hurries and the, the frantic pace and how quickly things move at church. 
and he said, you know, Dallas, in the, in the midst of this, how do I develop a healthy spiritual life? The author and thinker took a long pause. And he said, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John Ortberg replied, okay, that's great. I got that one. I wrote it down. That's good. You know, got that one. Ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Yes, good. What else do I need to do? What else have you got? You know, it's, uh, uh, I, I'm making a list here. What else have you had? Long pause. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life, Dallas Willard responded. He said, there's nothing else. Living slowly allows us to live whole, deeply rooted lives with Jesus. There's no other way to live besides that. When we look at the parables today, we've got two parables here, a pair of parables. And we see Jesus talking about what the kingdom of God is like. What the kingdom of God, the the kingdom that God, where God rules and reigns directly over God's people, that Jesus came and announced, that Jesus brought into reality through his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, exists now and will come into full fruition when Christ's return and stands upon the earth. Amen. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like. He says it's like a mustard seed. What? It's like a mustard seed. Now, here's what you've got to know about mustard. If you want to get petty, if you want to get really nitpicky, there's spores and there are seeds that are smaller than mustard seeds. But come on, people. We've there's, there's more important things than debating the smallest seed size. What Jesus was most likely talking about was a type of mustard called black mustard. Black mustard um, could, would grow, it takes about eight to ten days for the, the seed to start to become a plant, and then it can grow anywhere between six and a half and nine feet tall. But a lot of other varieties of mustard are not that tall. The other thing you need to know about mustard is that in many places it's considered to be an invasive species. Even in Roman times, if you were caught to be willfully planting mustard for non-agricultural reasons, it was considered to be a crime. Because once mustard starts spreading, it is very difficult to stop. As you enter a lot of forest hiking trails, you will find signs that say, that are with a kind of a station for you to wipe off your shoes, that talk about different varieties of mustard that can travel and get planted in the forest, and they take over the other plants. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is like this. See, when we lead slow lives, 
we can put down deep roots. Living fast forces us to be shallow. If we're constantly going for the next thing, if we're always looking for whatever's coming next, for whatever is the new hip thing, whatever is the next thing on our calendar, the next thing on our to-do list, if we're living that way, we have no other choice but to be shallow. We get stuck. Because you can't have speed and depth. You can't live at top speed and expect to have a deep abiding faith in Jesus. It just doesn't work that way. Because when you're living at top speed, you don't have time to slow down and listen to what Jesus has to say. You don't have time to grow those deep roots into the soil of Jesus. You don't have time to grow those deep roots down into the soil of your neighborhood and down into each other's lives. When we live fast, we have to be shallow. And if we think back to another one of Jesus' parables, Jesus described a, a, a seed that had shallow roots and it was withered up by the sun. When we have deep roots, we're able to understand what God is doing around us. We're able to understand the backstory, what brought us here, what brought us to this point. What is God doing in this place? Where are the hurts? Where are the pains? Where are the difficulties? That's what we get with deep roots. When we have deep roots, we're difficult to pull up, we're difficult to get rid of. You don't get easily swayed by the troubles of life. When you have deep roots, the winds can blow you around. The swift current of time can try to push you over. But you stand firm because you're planted in Jesus. When you develop roots in your neighborhood, in your community, by living slowly, you have the chance to get to know people. You have the chance to get to know what's going on. And people see that you're really there and invested in them and that you're not going to cut and run at the first sign of trouble. Because that's what our fast-paced world is looking for, is people who are solid, who are stable, who are going to stick around. By living slowly, by living intentionally, we build a relationship with Jesus so that we can build a relationship with our neighborhood. And what does it say is the result? Is that a mighty tree grows. Trees, if you follow trees in the Bible, symbolize kingdom. Because you have to be around a while to be a full-grown tree, don't you? And the birds of the air come and nest in them. 
And a lot of biblical commentators point to the birds in this parable being all sorts of people. People who are looking for a safe place to nest. Imagine that. If you were known as the safe place to nest in your neighborhood. Imagine if First Baptist were known as a safe place for people in Oregon City. Imagine if they knew that there were a group of people who were so intent on showing God's love and care to them, on, their, on seeking their well-being, and that we weren't going anywhere, that they could take the time to nest in us. That's what living slowly does. Living fast-paced lives fractures us. Because you don't have time to be whole when you're living a fast-paced life. Again, the constant crush to find the next thing doesn't allow you to give your focus and attention to anything. And so part of you gets thrown over here, and part of you gets thrown over there, and part of you gets put over here, and pretty soon, one day you find out that there are pieces of you scattered around everywhere. Slow lives have the opportunity to become whole. Slow lives have the opportunity to have Jesus work so through their lives that it permeates all of life. Author John Green, he wrote uh, a book called The Fault in Our Stars that they made a movie and was kind of popular. Um, and he's written a few other books, and, and uh, he's a Christian, uh, but he personally is a Christian, and his books always are, are very redemptive, but they're not outright explicitly Christian books. Anyway, um, John Green gave up social media for a year. A year because he found he was constantly getting caught up in what he called the feed, where whatever was urgent suddenly became the most important thing. And so he gave it up for a year, and he recently released a YouTube video where he said, he, he addressed this, and said, a lot of people ask me, are you gonna go back to social media after this year is over? And he said, not really. He said it took him about nine months to be able to fully enjoy reading a long-form book again. Nine months before he could look at a book and read a book for more than like 15 or 20 minutes without reaching for his phone. That's a fast-paced life. That's life that is going way too fast. But when we slow down, when we live intentionally, everything permeates through. Jesus permeates through our lives. The woman in the parable, 
She's making dough. And she's got three measures of flour. That is 60 pounds of flour. Think how much bread you could make with 60 pounds of flour. Those are those big flour bags that they've got at the store and you can walk by and slap them and it makes a satisfying sound. Do that in the grocery store, you'll get some funny looks. I get funny looks because I slap the flour bags. Anyway, 60 pounds of flour and she's working this yeast through the dough. You don't do this quickly because if you've ever worked with flour before, you know that the faster you work with flour, the more flour gets everywhere. And so if you're trying to quickly work yeast through the dough, you can just, I can see in my mind right now, the, the cloud of flour just expanding and spreading over our apartment and coating everything in a thin film of white, like it's white Christmas or something like that. But you have to clean that up. That's, you know. She works it through. She works it through carefully, and she works it through slowly. And the kingdom of God is the yeast. And so one thing that's worth pointing out is that in this story of Jesus, yes, a traditional societal role would be for the woman to make the bread. It would not be expected that a woman would have to do with leadership in the kingdom of God. But it's reinforcing the point that the kingdom of God is for all people. That the kingdom of God is where all people are truly one, are truly valued. And so this woman is mixing the yeast through the flour. And she creates a dough. And the yeast gets all worked in and what happens with dough that's got yeast in it? It rises, it expands, it grows. And sometimes it grows in ways that you don't expect. And sometimes it grows very, very high. And sometimes you have to wait a little bit, while, a little bit longer. But you can't make bread if you're in a hurry. It takes time. It takes patience. The image of the yeast working through the dough needs to give us hope that we can live whole lives rather than the fast, fractured life that society offers us, that the world gives. When our lives are filled with Jesus, to be filled with Jesus, it takes time to work all that through. Spiritual health does not come, it's not a quick fix. It's not an elixir or a potion. It's a seed that's planted that grows into a tree. It's yeast that is worked through a dough. And think about what that would look like for our church. Think about what it would look like for us to all catch a vision of what God is doing right here at the corner of 9th and John Adams and in the surrounding community, and that we're slowly working our way through the neighborhood, 
so that people know that there is a Savior, that there is a hope, and that there are people who live this life of hope. But going slowly is not in our nature. And it requires a faith in Jesus. Because if I think that the end product is the only valuable thing, then I've got to rush to make sure that I get to see the end product, that I have to make the end product happen. But if we have faith in Jesus, we know that Jesus is, is there. Is, Jesus is what grows the seed. Jesus is the yeast that works through the dough, that makes it rise. And if I have faith in Jesus, that Jesus is going to work things out, then I don't have to hurry because I just have to trust that whatever good work Jesus starts through me, that Jesus is going to see it through to completion. Not John, Jesus. That as things move forward, we may plant and not harvest. We may start things that we don't get to see the ending of. But God will. That by the power of the Holy Spirit working in our church, in our lives, and in our world, that God is going to bring to fruition every good work that God starts. But we have to be faithful. We have to be able to have this holy imagination where we can imagine our lives like trees, where we can imagine our church like bread dough. But where we can envision what life looks like counter to what our world offers us. Because so often, followers of Jesus, especially followers of Jesus in America right now, take what the world's offering. They take whatever's popular. They take whatever is, is the, the recommended rule of the day, and they go with it. And a lot of times it's fast, a lot of the times it's terrible for us, and most of the time, if not always, it doesn't look like Jesus. But to live that way requires us to slow down. It requires us to trust that God is going to bring about the wholeness the deep roots in our lives. And that by being slow, that God's kingdom is going to come in us and in our church.